Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. Today's message is titled, Can These Bones Live? And it is the third part of the United Sermon Series. These messages are intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, check us out on our website at bccma.org or send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. I'm I'm really excited about uh, community group season, especially, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the old days we used to preach longer. Uh, I used to preach about an hour, which was probably, I know that was too long (laughs) uh, for me to preach that long, but but I kind of miss it. So what I'm doing, I'm doing Thursday night, I'm going to do a video chat for everybody that wants to join me. And we're going to talk some more about the sermon. So all this stuff I don't get to say, I'll get to say it Thursday night. So several have already signed up. I think there's places for a few more. So if you want to sign up, go sign up for... By, by all means, get into community group. Everybody needs to get in a circle somewhere in their life. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. The title of the series is United. And today we want to look at a, a, one of the great passages of Scripture in the Bible about... Not only, not only union, but life. And, and uh, we don't understand sometimes that uh, life doesn't lead to unity, but unity leads to life. And when we come together as God wants us to and, and move toward what he wants us to move to and get connected where he wants us to get connected, then he breathes on that. God breathes on unity. He breathes on unity and, and he, he, he breathes the breath of life into the, when people get connected and love one another and commit to be as he would have them be toward one another, then God looks at that and blesses it. Ezekiel 37, 1, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. <clears throat> he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. <clears throat> Excuse me, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded. And breath entered them, and they came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army. Unity means to come together. What is God trying to put back together in your life? Is it your marriage? Is it your your family? Is it your friendships? Is it your ministry? is your relationship with the church. God is a reconciling God. God puts things back together. 
God's trying to put something back together in our lives all of the time. So I want you to think about what is God trying to put back together. You see, we read the great stories of Scripture like this. It's one of the great stories of Scripture. And uh, one of the favorite uh, texts that preachers take through the years is the story of the Valley of the Dry Bones. But we take these stories of Scripture like the Valley of the Dry Bones and we, we personalize them. And that's a good thing to do. We, we preach, we talk about David and Goliath, and we think of, we think of uh, Goliath as the, uh, the, the mountain of death that we have. And so we, we take inspiration from God that we can defeat our mountain of death the way David defeated Goliath. Or uh, we take uh, Jesus walking on the water. The water represents, the troubled water represents a health crisis that we're going through. And we are, by God's power and God's grace, we're going to walk on what is troubling us. And we, we see Jesus as walking on what's troubling us. Uh, we see the Red Sea, and we think about, we think about the, uh, uh, that's the training and education. That's the college degree that we need to get through in order to get to the other side, to our, our uh, 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 eminently successful career that we're going to have. If we can just get through the Red Sea of training and, and education and, and, and debt and all of that that the Red Sea represents. And, and so you've heard all your life, you've heard preachers preach these stories and personalize them to your situation and your dreams and your hopes and what you desire. And that's a good thing to do, by the way. It's a good thing to do to read these stories and find yourself in the story and how it, could, how it could apply to some situation in your life, some situation where you have hopes and you have dreams and you have desires. But there's another way to read the stories that are in Scripture. And that's what we want to look at this today. God has dreams. God has desires. God has a will. God wants to do something. God wants to do something and wants to involve you in that doing of something and wants to do something really wonderful and powerful in this room, in this community, in this state, in this region, and in this church. And he wants you to partner with him. God has a will and God has something that he wants to do. And he didn't just put all these stories in scriptures so motivational speakers could have them to show people how to achieve the American dream. How many of you know that's not all that God had in mind? God had something far bigger. God is in the business of saving the world. Do you get it? He's in the business of, do, of establishing His kingdom on the earth. He didn't just die on the cross so you could have a corner office. <laughs> he didn't just die on the cross so you could drive a Lexus. He just didn't die on the cross so you could have a happy marriage. Even though those things are fine and good in their place. God has an agenda. I want to talk about God's agenda this morning. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley It was full of bones. God is saying, Ezekiel, I'm going to make you see what's breaking my heart. Ezekiel wasn't hanging out with the bones. Ezekiel wasn't going there. This wasn't in Ezekiel's vision. Ezekiel didn't, as a young man, say, I, 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 want, to, I want to work in a mortuary. You know, I, I, I want to put bones together. 
I, I want to I, I put, put this thing together. No, this was what was on the heart of God. God is saying, Ezekiel, I'm gonna, I want you to see what's breaking my heart. I want you to see what's making me unhappy. I want you to see my agenda. Psalms 115.3 says, our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. We need to restore to the church the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. John 15, 4, he says, this is the confidence we have in approaching him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Have we, have we made a place in our agonizing, in our planning, in our striving, in our worrying, in our praying for God's agenda? Have you imagined that God is about imposing his will on the earth, his goodwill, by the way? Sure, God cares about what we want. He, he cares about what we dream and what we desire, and he inserts himself, I believe, in that. God knew that. God knows that. And God knew that when all was said and done, though, nothing would mean as much to Ezekiel as playing the role that, that, that mattered to his agenda. God knows that what you accomplish in your life will ultimately mean more than what you acquire in your life. I said, God knows that what you accomplish with your life will be far more meaningful than what you acquire with your life. The tragedy of Western materialism is that we tend to take everything to do with faith, everything to do with the majesty of God, and we fit it into a materialistic structure, a materialistic paradigm. And so we will even say it, and I do it too sometimes. And, 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 and I think it's right that we do it, by the way. God does bless. But if, if we say God is blessing, everybody knows what that means. It doesn't mean that 50 people accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. It doesn't mean that 10 people went and became martyrs for the gospel overseas, went and tried to reach the ISIS and they slaughtered them. It doesn't mean that. It means you have more money in the bank. That's what it means to be blessed in America. But God knows, God knows what, you really, what would really make you happy, <laughs> what would really give your life meaning and purpose. You know, the reason we hire professional planners and consultants, and the reason we do that is because a professional planners and consultants often know what we want better than what, what we think we want. You hire an interior decorator or interior designer and they will get the look that you would have wanted if you could have thought of it. <laughs> and, and when they do it, you go, that's what I wanted. But you didn't know that's what you wanted until you saw it. And that's the way God is. You, you think you know what you want to do with your life, but you never listen to God. You never invite Him in to say, God, you... You be the interior decorator of my life, and let's see what you would like to do. Let's see what you would like to do. You're going to find out, eventually, you're going to find out that what God wanted to do was what you really wanted to do. 
What God had for you was what you really, that, that, that was it. Oh, I, I, but you would have never thought of that by yourself, right? You would have never thought of that unless you consulted with God. You know, a, a good ad agency can tell your story better than you can tell your story. And when they tell your story, you go, oh, that's my story. Yeah, yeah, that's our story. I didn't know that was our story until you told us that was our story. And that's the way God is. God is. God is trying to come into your life. He created you. He designed you. He designed the world and all that's in it. And he's trying to get you to take your grimy myths off of your own life. Because he knows what to do with your life. And he knows how it could find meaning and purpose. And this valley of dry bones that Ezekiel was looking at, man, this is, this is huge. This is big. This is much bigger than Ezekiel would ever involve himself in anything that big. He would have gone and messed around with some little bitty dream of having a job somewhere and some little bitty dream of just having a house somewhere with a little fence around it and maybe having a decent car or something like that. That would have been, the, or getting his kids through college, that would have been the limit of his dream. But God said, I have a dream to, for your life that involves the nation. Our spouses often know what we need better than we do, don't they? Don't they? You know, Sherry will set up a room, and I've learned just to shut up. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even weigh in anymore. You know why? Well, for a couple reasons, but I won't mention that one. <laughs> but the big reason is I've learned that when she's done... That's how I like it. I like it like that. <laughs> and that's how God, if you'll start letting God design your life, if you'll get yourself under the authority of God and quit trying to be the boss of your own life and quit trying to tell God what he should be interested in and quit trying to make all your dreams fit into this materialistic paradigm, you're going to find out that God has something for you that you would have never imagined, you would have never chosen to go hang out in the Valley of Dry Bones. You would have never chosen that. Ezekiel says, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing about things, because I'm talking today about things that have fallen apart in your life, things that are coming apart. God stays interested in our bones long after we've moved on. I said, God stays interested in our bones long after we've moved on. God stays interested in the things that are falling apart, the things that are disconnected, the things that are not united. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, he said, and the bones were very dry. They'd been neglected for a long time. You know, not, not, not only is your marriage bad, you don't want to go home. It's very dry. Your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your community, your relationship with your church. What has become dead to you that is still the center of God's attention? Maybe the ministry that God called you to do. Maybe the thing that God called you to do a long time ago. It's become dead to you, but it's still at the center of God's attention. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. Ever get the feeling that something matters to God that doesn't matter to you? Ever get that feeling? That something really matters to God? Maybe it's, maybe it's the church, the local church. You, you know, uh, you show up here once in a while, but 
you know something inside of you says this matters way more to God than it does to me. And that's what the bones were. They, they, I don't think they mattered that much to Ezekiel. And, and in fact, he's probably thinking, you know, he saw that valley of dry bones, he probably was thinking, uh, uh, I, I think we should hire a backhoe and get him buried. Let's forget this. Let, let's forget this. Let, let's, let's bury this and let's move on. This thing is dead. Let's, let's invest ourselves somewhere else. Let's invest ourselves where there's more potential. God, God there's just not a lot of potential here. <laughs> there's just not a lot of potential. These, these bones are dry. They're very dry. God, I just don't see a lot of potential here. I think we should move on somewhere else and see what you want to do. But God said to, God said to him, I want, you to, I'm, I, I want you to go hang out with the bones. I want you to go hang out where things are hopeless. I want you to go hang out where there's great need. I want you to go hang out where, there's, where things are not as they should be. I want you to go spend, spend your life. I want you to go hang out where there's brokenness and where there's pain. And I want you to go hang out where there's need. I want you to go hang out with, with things that aren't so desirable. This is what I want for you. We must return to the sovereignty of what God wants. And we must return to the sovereignty of what God can do. He says, Son of man, can these bones live? Now, I hate it when God asks me questions. Don't you just hate it when God asks you questions? Because I think if the big guy's in trouble, if he doesn't know what to do, what am I going to help? He's asking me. Is this going to work? I'm like, that, that just causes panic. You don't know if it's going to work or not? You don't know if this thing's going to succeed? Son of man, can these bones live? He said, I said, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. There's something about that that really blesses me. The fate of the world doesn't always depend on our faith. The fate of the things in our life doesn't always depend on our vision. See, God knew the answer to that question, and, and, and that's what you figure out after a while. Anytime God asks you a question, it's not because he's wondering. <laughs> it, it, it's not because he doesn't know. It's because he wants you to really look harder at how difficult this thing is. He wants you to, look at, uh, he, he wants you to get a little more hopeless. He wants you to know how hopeless it is. It, it, you know, as long as you're looking at whatever you're looking at and you're going, I got this, this is going to be a piece of cake, no problem, you're probably not in the will of God. You're probably not in the will of God. If you're looking in that, that we got this and we're going to, no, no problem here, we, uh, uh, this is a challenge I can handle, you're probably not in the will of God. But if you're looking at something today and you're going, I don't see how it can ever work, you're probably right where God wants you. I don't see how this can ever happen. God is telling you to look at what he's looking at. Can these bones live? And he said, oh, sovereign Lord, you know. So God, God is, God is what, what God is doing to Ezekiel, he sees, he's saying, Ezekiel, I want you to look at my ability. 
I want you to think about my ability. I want you to know just how hopeless this is, and I want you to think of my ability. And he, he says, I want you to go hang out with the bones. It's, it's a proximity decision to go be with the bones. And that's the one that some of us need to make here today. We need to make a proximity decision that we're going to move close to that which is challenging us. That we're going to move close. That as a church, we're going to move together and we're going to move close to, to the people that God is calling us to. You see, here's the problem. There's a peace to be had in giving up. I said there's a peace to be had in giving up. There, there's an escape that comes with it's hopeless. There's something unsettling about God asking you to consider whether something dead can come to life again. There's something unsettling about that, isn't there? Because you know he's up to something. You know when God asks you, you know he's, something, he's up to something, and you're, you've moved on. You've moved on in your thinking. You're, you're, done. you're done trying to make that relationship intimate. You're done with that. You've moved on. You've got peace now because you've moved on. and you, You've done trying to have rapport with that kid. With that rebellious child. You're, you're done. You're, it's over. You're, you're not going to do that anymore. You're, you're, you're done with that. And God comes and tugs on your sleeve, your, 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 clothes, your shirt like that, and goes, do you think maybe that could work? And you're going, you know, God, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't hang out with bones. I, I hang out with where, the, where I can see potential. So I'm, I'm going to move away from this thing, this, the, the, this, this desperate thing that you're asking me to look at, this place of need and this place, of, this place where there's, there's not life. And I, I'm going to go, Lord, where, there, where there's potential. You know, Lord, I, I'm, I'm kind of done, you know, I'm kind of done with, with being a real church person. I, I, I'm going to, you know, you, you show up a couple times a month to pay your respects. And put some flowers on the grave of a relationship that's now dead in your life. But this morning, as you're in this auditorium, even this morning, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit is saying, Do you think maybe I want to reconnect you with the body of Christ? Do you think I want to, maybe I want to reconnect you with the purpose that Bethany Community Church has? Can these bones live? I want you to hang out with the bones. G Genesis 17, Abraham bowed face down on the ground and laughed. He said to himself, can a man have a child when he's 100 years old? Can Sarah give birth to a child when she's 90? Then Abraham said, God, please let Ishmael be the son you promised. I've given up. I've moved on, God. I used to believe for that. I used to pray for that. I used to get excited about that. I used to tell all my friends about that. I used to tell everybody how this exciting thing was going to happen, what God was going to do in the life of my children, what God was going to do in the life of my family, what God was going to do at my church. I used to, t I used to talk about what God was going to do with our church and how far it was going to go and how we were going to need two services. And I used to talk about that. But God, I've moved on. So can we just forget it? Can you let this new idea live? Lord, Lord, we've gone into business now, and we're doing something economical. We're doing something there that you're, that, that's going well. God, can we just do that? And God says, no, I want you to talk. I want you to be with the bones.
And we'd be better off in the will of God with the bones in Menden that at a, a gallow with the movers and shakers in the shadow of Beacon Hill or Gillette Stadium. We'd be better off to be here in the will of God. See, sometimes we think the key to success is to invest our time with winners. But really, that's a bad strategy. Richard Nixon, who you very seldom think of him being as a, a successful politician, but he actually was and had not been for Watergate, he would have probably gone down in history as a good president. But Richard Nixon, his strategy for political success, what he would always go and support somebody who was losing a race. And a lot of times they lost the race. He would go and support them knowing they were going to lose because he knew they would never forget him. And people who win forget you. But he knew that people who were in a losing position would never forget that Richard Nixon came and came alongside them and befriended them and stood up with them and for them when nobody else would. I think that's the story of God. I believe that's the story of redemption. That God looked at a broken world and God looked at a losing race and a losing proposition. He looked at people who knew what he knew would put his son on the cross and he came and he came alongside us. And that's why we sing this great song called Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. And we're in love with Jesus today because he goes and hangs out with losers. That's the nature of God. And that's the nature of God's people who get it. I said, that's the nature of God's people who get it. There's, whether you best identify with the bones of the prophet, I don't really care. What I do care about and what should, you should care about is the answer to this question. Who is God trying to connect you with? What's God bringing you toward? It probably wasn't your idea, but you can sense it's your divine assignment. Now let's look at the prophecy. He said, I want you to go hang out with the bones. And he said, I want you to prophesy. I want you to talk to the bones. They're bones. They're dead. They, they're very dead. They're, they're, not only, they're not only dead and very dry. They're very separated. The winds and, and the elements have, have scattered these bones. There's no hope. And he says, I want you to go and I want you to speak. I want you to prophesy to the bones. I want you to speak to the bones. So you see, anything that you don't talk to will stay dead. I said, anything that you don't talk to will stay dead. Any relationship that you don't speak into will stay dead. The only way a relationship will come back to life is when you begin to speak. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. When you begin to speak toward a thing, a relationship, when you begin to speak to it, you are speaking, the words, your words are life. And you may say, well, I, you know, I don't like to talk to things that don't talk back to me. I don't like to talk to bones. I, I don't want to talk, I don't want to love things that aren't loving me back. I, I don't want to care for things that aren't caring for me back. 
I, I don't want to pour into things that aren't pouring back. I don't, I don't want to give myself to things that aren't giving back. But that's, that's the power of the gospel. Is we give to things that aren't giving back to us. We speak into things that aren't speaking back to us. We, we love things that aren't loving us. And we care about things that aren't caring about us. That's what Jesus is like. And that's what his people are like. And that's what the people that are in his will. You, you can always see the people of God. The people of God will go into a community and they will always live with the bones. They will always speak to that which doesn't speak back to them. They will always love that which doesn't love them back. They will always care for that which doesn't care back. That's the unconditional agape love of God. And that's what God said for this prophet to do. The prophet spoke. Now, now some of you speak to the bones, but you speak death. You speak more death. You tell your kids how terrible they are, and you tell your husband how terrible he is, and how, how you can't believe that you ever got stuck with him. And you think, that's going to bring him to life. Oh, yeah. No. Prophecy. Prophecy is always showing a possibility of a bright future. I said prophecy. We always think of prophecy as the end of the world kind of thing. But no, it's not the end of the world. It's the beginning of the world. Prophecy will sometimes say, well, things are going to have to get worse before they get better. Yes, it does have to say that sometimes. But prophecy always says, if you will do this. Prophecy shows you the way. Prophecy says, shows another person, here's how things could be great between us again. And what it offers is something that's doable for the other person. It's not something impossible. It's not something that would crush somebody. It's something that's really doable for the other person. It's something that's really possible. It's something they can handle. It's a load they can bear. Prophecy always would put a load that people could bear and say, if you guys would just do this, if you guys would just, if you just guys would just go to, go to temple on Saturday and offer a sacrifice, and if you guys would just start paying your tithe in the book of Malachi, if you guys would just give God what he deserves, now you don't have to crush your life, you don't have to be a martyr, you don't have to to beat yourself, you don't have to do self-flagellation, you just, just start going to the temple again and just uh, stop mistreating your wives, that's what he told them in Malachi, just stop beating your wife, okay, can you, can you handle that? Just stop beating your wife and, and, and stop being unfaithful and start being a good person and start going to temple and start worshiping me, uh, you could, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to pour out, listen, I'm going to pour out a blessing that you cannot handle. That's God. That's the spirit of prophecy. And that's what you bring to bear. You should bring that to your church. You should bring that to this building. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a blessing to this place. I'm going I'm I'm to try to be like God and pour out a blessing on this place that, that is, is, is all I can pour out. And many of you do that, by the way. And God bless you for that. The prophet didn't speak from faith. This is so important. He spoke from obedience, not faith. Obedience is better than faith. We've magnified faith, and faith is good, and faith is important. But Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, 
You can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in sea. Saying it is more important. You can just believe it a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Oh, maybe. Maybe God could do that. Maybe God could fix my family. Maybe God could fix my marriage. Maybe God could fix my finances. Maybe God could fix my ministry and get me in a meaningful relationship with other people so I'm not just thinking about myself. Maybe God could do it. I'm not sure he could do it, but maybe he can. But I'm going to say it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act on it. I'm going to do what God is telling me to do. God's more impressed with doing than he is your thinking. God is more impressed with your actions than he is what's on your mind. I don't know if he even cares what's on your mind sometimes. He cares that you do, that you move into action. Perhaps it doesn't seem fair of God to ask you to speak to bones. They wounded you. They hurt you. They're hard to talk to, but the bones won't come together if you don't speak to them. It's hard to talk to something that ain't talking back. I understand that to give to something that ain't giving back and love that's not loving back and care that's not loving back, but nothing's going to change till you obey God. I said nothing's going to change till you obey God. God's not going to talk to the wind till you talk to the bones. I said God's not going to talk to the wind till you talk to the bones. Later on, what I'm referring to, the prophecy, this wind came and the life came. Well, God's not going to send the wind till you begin to speak. And you begin to speak life into things that are dead. You begin to speak life into things that aren't working so well. You begin to speak life. And it happens all the time around this place, and I'm so thankful for it. The prophet spoke prophetically. What The bones. The bones actually had... A very literal um, fulfillment, you know. Ezekiel 37. The bones had their fulfillment at Auschwitz. The bones had their fulfillment in the Holocaust. When literally, literally the nation of Israel was reduced to bones. But... A couple, you know, probably 1,400 years, maybe. I don't know the, the, my dates on, on all the biblical timeline. But hundreds of years, several hundred years, a prophet had gone and walked among those bones that were futuristic. He walked among those futuristic bones and he prophesied. And he prophesied over what Hitler would do to the nation of Israel. And in 1948... The bones came together. In 1948, the bones got flesh and blood on them, and they rose up and became a mighty army that, that has defeated every foe that's come against them. So there was a literal fulfillment of Ezekiel chapter 37 that's happened in our time. I don't know what that does to you, and I don't know what that makes you feel, but I tell you, when I think about that, and I think about that and I think about that that has a literal fulfillment first of all it says God you are really cool your word really comes to pass the way you say it will come to pass if you don't believe me go on the internet today you want to, it's a disturbing view but look at all the bones stacked upon stacked that have gone to the gas ovens of Hitler's of Hitler's holocaust and then look at Israel today that doesn't happen without God that doesn't happen without God. And I don't know what you're thinking or what you're feeling, but I'm thinking this. 
If God can do that for them, think of what he could do for me. And think of what he could do for you. If you will learn from this story, and you will start to speak to your bones, not saying what you feel, but saying what God has told you to say. Not saying your doubt, but saying what God is saying. God gave him the prophecy over the bones. And God is giving you a prophecy over your life. What do you sense God is moving you toward? I, I know it can be hard to differentiate between what you naturally desire and what God is calling you to. But what have you put in your past that God wants you to bring back? For many of you, there's a relationship that you need to redeem, a person you need to revisit, or a part of your life that you don't talk about anymore. Maybe I, I think there's someone here this morning that you have a, a part of your story that you don't tell anymore and people really need to hear it. It's a part of your story. It's a bone story that happened to you 15, 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And you've, you, you, you don't tell that story because it was painful. And God wants you to tell that story again. He wants you to reconnect with your testimony for some of you here today. Who is God moving you toward? Are there people that you can sense that God is moving you toward? Maybe you don't even like them. Maybe they're not your favorite people. But God is moving you toward them. And God is connecting you. And God is calling you. And you know that you know that you know that you know that's what's happening in your heart today. And you'll say, Pastor Phil, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to move beyond American materialistic faith that has its place. But I'm ready to move to a new place to say, God, how could you use me to make my life everything you dreamed it could be and everything that you wanted it to be? I want to invite our prayer partners to come. And we're going to pray for you. And some of you, are going to, some of you need to come down here and be prayed for today. You need to pray over the bones of your life that you visit. I want you to, some of you, I want you to pray for Bethany Community Church because this series is at a, at a certain level for me personally. It's about Bethany Community Church and the unity that I want God to bring here that will cause us to be able to accomplish God's agenda. It's not about just be blessed, like have a lot of people and a lot of money, but it's about, it's about accomplishing God's agenda in the community and, and, and in your lives and in the lives of the people that need to come in that door. So some of you, I wish some of you would come and you would bring Bethany Community Church. Would some of you do that for me? Would you just bring Bethany Community Church on your heart and join with a prayer partner here and say, I'm going to pray for, for this church, wherever there's dry bones, that you will lead us to speak to the bones and see them resurrected and rise up and become a mighty army. Father, in Jesus' name, I call forth your spirit and your power, the spirit of prophecy, to speak through us till a mighty wind from heaven fills the house where we sit. And we become in one mind, one accord. And you accomplish everything you want to accomplish in the name of Jesus. Let's come. Let's take communion. Let's participate in response time.